What's up, guys? Welcome to the Humans of MarTech podcast. His name is John Taylor. My name is Phil Gamash. Our mission is to future-proof the humans behind the tech so you can have a successful and happy career in marketing. Let me introduce this episode to everybody, and I'm going to start with this thesis. You're going to be way happier as an individual contributor than you will be as a people manager. You can still get manager in your title and be an individual contributor, but for 80% of people, you're not going to be happy as a people manager and people aren't going to be happy managed by you. Oh shit. I like that. Let's dive into it. All right, John, you've been an IC and that IC role has grown into being a people manager. Uh, I think you've said before that, you know, you're, you're the type of person who's well fit to be a people manager. Walk us through why you think that most people would be happier in an IC role. I think that the vast majority of people in marketing and MarTech want to practice their craft and they want to achieve this Zen, Zen-like state of flow. And I think being... Uh, in a people management position is the opposite of being able to maintain a steady state of flow throughout your day. I'm not mm -hmm. saying it's impossible, but you, flow state is is not the norm. Let's talk about like focus, right? You you said that one of the best parts of the IC role is getting to like have blocks of time in your calendar where you can just like put your head down and dive really deep into some of your projects. And the world of a people manager is oftentimes completely different than that. And you look at a people manager's calendar and it's filled with blocks, but they're not focus time, they're meeting time and collaborating with other people and managing up and managing down, like depending on the size of your team. So like... Yeah, walk walk us through like the the difference in like calendar shapes. Oh my goodness, it's completely different. And and even if the calendar looks the same, the output is completely different. And what I mean is, you bounce from meeting to meeting as a manager, and the emotional investment in each one of those meetings. If you're a good manager, you're investing a lot of your emotions into people, and you carry some of that with you from meeting to meeting. Mm -hmm. And just task switching, right? Task switching from you know you're talking to a happy employee, and then you're talking to an unhappy employee, back to a happy employee, like. Mm -hmm. Unless you're like some kind of robot, you're definitely going to pick up that stress. But if you're in a state of flow and you're, you know, you have 90 minutes, two hours of just dedicated, you know, drinking coffee and, and listening to Brain FM, <laughs> your emotional state is steady. It's very yeah. steady. So you've got to be able to manage actually your own emotions first and then uh, other people's emotions second. I love that. Emotions is like such a huge part of, of leading teams. And I think that's, that's one of the things like people issues is one of the things that folks like don't think about when they just naturally expect that they're going to be a people manager and then they get into a situation and maybe they have a bad employee or someone who's not a right fit in the role, right? Like when I've been a people manager, I've been really lucky and having like really good people uh, kind of under me. So there's been like a very easy kind of transition, but um, I don't think that's the case for everyone. So like how... Yeah. Like, how do you get someone to to kind of like think of that before they go into the people manager route? Like, how do you become an expert at like managing emotions of folks on your team? Yeah, I think uh, it, it it's really it's really tough. Like, it starts with yourself, right? Like, if you're able to manage your own emotions, that's a check mark that you really need to think through before you become a people manager. I'll say that I've also had like I've had dual experiences, right? I've I've managed both teams that really didn't need a lot of management, right? They were we could have a very like almost socialistic uh, perspective. Everybody just does their own thing and tells everybody else what they're doing, and work just happens, and it's awesome, and everybody's really working well together. And I've managed teams that and inherited teams that are uh, 
uh, not that, that the chemistry is already off and I'm coming into a problem situation. Mm-hmm. And I'd say in both, in both situations, there's, there's the same lesson to be applied, which is to look at the overall chemistry of the team. Like you need to be able to look at the, the people on your team, know them well enough to understand what are the actual problems here? Because on the surface, the problem team, they're going to hear a lot of squeaky wheels, but then you might also not hear the real thing. And I had this happen in a recent position where I joined the team uh, chemistry is off. There are a lot of squeaky wheels. A lot of people pulled me aside and told me, you know, all the history, all the shit that's gone down. And then I lost, I lost an employee who never said a word to me and he, and he just left. And I was like, Whoa, this guy was like master level contributor, individual contributor. And he left because he's just tired of all, he's like, this is just too much bullshit, man. I want to just work. And mm-hmm. that is a, the, the chemistry. Like you're moving, like if you're into moving desks around, that is, that is a management thing, I think. <laughs> So most people think that like in their career, naturally the the best way to make money and kind of like get a promotion is to lead a team of people. And it's like the natural progression of, of doing that. Do you think that, um, you know, one of the biggest misconceptions is having people under you to be a quote unquote leader? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, totally. Like the best people leaders that I've seen in my career sometimes aren't even people who have ever managed other people. And I'm thinking of, you know, product, a product manager we worked with at Clifolio, Nikta. She was absolutely recognized across the company as a leader. She didn't manage anybody, but she knew where she was going. And that certainty in where she was going and translating the business objectives into technical projects, into tasks for individuals on teams, provided with everybody with clarity and raised her stock in the company uh, immeasurably. And I think that so many people think that because you're quote unquote lead, you're actually leading. That's not true. You might not be leading. You might be disrupting. You might be actually getting in the way of the real leaders in the company. Mm-hmm. I love that. Like one, one of the misconceptions too about leading teams is that the assumption that everyone under you is basically going to do the stuff that you want them to do, right? Like being the people manager means that like everyone under you will get to do what you want. Yeah, like like that never happens. Um, <laughs> even even when you think people are doing what what you want, they're not. And I think you got to detach yourself from having any wants with respect to what people do. Your guide, you're you're pointing in a direction. Yes, you're managing as well, and you're helping people, you know, articulate their work into value for the rest of the business. But you're also looking to articulate their their work into value for themselves from a professional perspective. For me, it's like. Uh, again, it, it seems like such a pedantic thing to put it, but like I manage, I, I look at managing teams as the same way as managing toddlers, right? Like you got to model your behavior. You, if your kid's throwing a temper tantrum at the park or in the grocery store, like laying on the ground screaming, do you raise your voice? Do you scream? Do you get on the ground and, and kick and scream? If, if you do acknowledge it and recognize you're probably not doing the right thing for your kid. Um, but have an awareness that the fact that whatever you do for your children, toddlers are, are little sponges, right? And so if you kick and scream, you're giving permission to your kid and you're showing them that that's the correct behavior. So being a people leader and people manager requires you to have a higher standard for your own behavior in the workplace. And people always laugh, like, you know, I don't wear shoes at, at work. It's like such a common trope for me. I've never worn shoes at the workplace. I don't even know why, <laughs> but I won't do it now because it's part of my persona. Um, but what I did do when I became uh, more into senior roles is I started to dress the part. Like I started wearing dress pants to work. I started to tuck my shirt in. Like, why? Because 
I'm expected to be a leader and I'm expected to, to show up in that function. I do not necessarily naturally put on those types of clothing. Like I'm totally fine wearing pajamas all day or less. Like it's just, it, it, you have to look the part, you have to feel the part, you have to have the confidence in it. And sometimes as appearances do matter. And I think that I, I'm not saying you have to be a perfect person. Like that's fucking impossible. You got to be real. You got to be totally real. So if you do fuck up, you got to be willing to actually admit that as well. So you fucked up, go to your place and say, sorry, like that's pretty easy mm-hmm. or not. Okay. Let's quit switch gears a little bit. I, I want to dive into money. Okay. So we talked about like the, the natural route of people thinking that they want to be a manager because it's the best way to get promoted, move up the ranks and yep. make money. Uh, yep. less and less. I think that that is like true. Like, I think there's a really good case to be made for IC roles, like diving really deep into having an expertise. So why do you think that marketing automation is a nice or marketing ops, a nice IC role, um, in order to like, still make money as you grow in your career yeah i think i think overall for all of marketing the the conception around money once you're in the marketing you realize that yeah the money's there if you're an expert for sure um your skill sets at a premium particularly on the technical side of marketing like that we we really tackle on this in this podcast i think on the ops side like if you want to make money like consulting is an awesome way to do that like you can make really good money consulting um, you, you don't have to charge an arm and a leg for the other business to get lots of value. And I think that's the, that's always what I come back to with money is like when you are negotiating a salary, I don't negotiate this, the money I need to make my living. I, I negotiate the value that I believe I bring to the company. And so I would ex- expect to have a fair exchange of value and salary is one component of that. But for ICs, I think the specialization, the skill, you know, skill set that's in demand money. I just don't see it as an issue anymore, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I could be totally naive about this. And in other organizations, the only way to make that bigger buck is to, is to do that. So let us know if, if that is the case and and correct my assumptions. Yeah. I think it varies from like company sizes, right? Like in a startup sized company, there's largely no VP level, right? So like the, the IC folks can never really get a bigger title than the manager or like senior manager. But uh, some companies are coming out with like these individual growth tracks that allow you to carve out whether you want to be a people manager or whether like you can still grow in that role as IC and like never have to worry about like managing people. But like uh, what I see a lot of ICs like carving out in that leadership role is the ability to mentor like other ICs. And this isn't necessarily like managing like what they're doing. Are they happy in their job? Are they blocked anywhere? But it's just like, I was in your shoes like five years ago and this is the type of shit that I was doing. These are the type of projects that I'm working on now. And it's just like having like mentorship about the craft itself, I think is still a good way to, um, you know, get that type of like value based, um, you know, experience with some of these folks and like introduce them and try to like help them level up in a way. Absolutely. And I think you hit upon something like this is, this is like, capital L leadership. And then there's like lowercase L leadership and capital L leadership comes from within and it comes from the, the actions that you take. Mentorship is such a wonderful thing. It's been like a huge accelerator in my own career. And I think there's a lot of opportunity. Like I actually think like if, if you're looking for a true North of whether you believe you're a, could be a good manager or not, you have to start with, do I like helping people? Because that's what your job is. Your, your job is as a professional manager is to make sure that the people who work for you are happy, successful uh, contributors, valuable contributors to the Mm -hmm. business. 
and you know managing the chemistry so that they don't interfere with the other the other people's happiness right, and right. ultimately maybe having to make tough decisions around that mm -hmm. so it's almost like your craft comes second like some people managers like still get to like play a role in in the automation platform and and like still do some of the the doing stuff but at the end of the day like their craft comes second because like the culture on their team and like whether people are happy like has to come first yeah, and I think that's the way you've got to look at it too, right? Like if you're a manager, you're committing to your value being to uh, multiply the value of others. Now, I do want to also say like it is absolutely possible to still be a manager and practice your craft. Mm -hmm. And for I, I'm, I'm a huge Cal Newport fan these days, so check out Deep Work. But Deep Work, I think, really hit touched a note for me because I used to always have this feeling like, I'm a manager. I can't dive deeply into problems. And now I've, I've totally changed my thinking on that. Um, Cal Newport's deep workbook really helped me with that and, and it helped articulate some of that, but it's another topic. Very cool. So let's, let's kind of end on this. So you, you kind of like went through the whole episode explaining why you think that like people managers are, are still kind of a good craft and you don't have to like walk away completely from your focus of expertise. But we started off saying that like 80% of people are probably more likely to be happy in an IC role. So l let me end by asking you this, how, how can our listeners figure out like, what are the questions they should be asking themselves? What books should they be reading to figure out whether they would be happier to be an IC or a people manager? Yeah, I mean, for me, it comes down to happiness, right? Are you going to be enjoy your career as a people manager? Do you are you going to be happy doing that? And are you going to be happy? Are other people going to be happy working for you? And I would totally read Radical Candor. Radical Candor is a fantastic book. Yes, it's about the you know the candidness that we should bring into the workplace to be honest with each other. But really the thesis of the book is that you got to be compassionate and care deeply about people. If you don't care deeply about people and aren't interested in other people's lives, you're never going to be a great manager because when you go to tell somebody a harsh piece of feedback, which is a whole part of the whole growth curve of being a manager, their, their first reaction is going to be like, you don't know me, man. You don't know what I'm about. You got to know people because then the motivation becomes, I think I can help you. Um, please listen to me because I listen to you, right? Like I take my turn listening to you. Now you take your turn listening to me. Right. And you realize that these things come from a good place. So Radical Candor, like just a game-changing book, extremely good book, recommend it. There you have it, folks. A couple of questions to ask yourself, whether you'd be happy or IC or people manager. We also dropped some parenting advice. So you heard it here first. Don't scream at your kids, lead by example. Uh, we'll catch you guys next time on the Humans and Martech. See you guys.